0: David, is it not you that once had an office coworker who came in to ask you about office etiquette and an ongoing experiment he was running? A
1: coworker
0: of mine, may or may not—I can neither confirm nor
1: deny—have come in and let me know. I was sharing the office with him one summer that he was experimenting with various alternative deodorant <laughs> substances.
0: <laughs> Instead
1: of deodorant,
2: I'm like let's try just using an onion or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, just put one onion under each armpit. <laughs> It was some interesting substances. I don't know how he found out
1: about all of these alternative deodorant options. But yeah, he let me know that, you know, it would just be data in his experiment if I told him that he smelled terrible. And would I please tell him if the stench was getting
2: overwhelming? Because then he would rule that option out. I would at that point, I would immediately pull out a sheet of graph paper and put (laughs) M-T-W-T-F on the X axis and tape it up above his desk. And then put, like, a, a stinky symbol on the Y-axis. So like, how give up. was that little, summer for you, David? Little tiny garlic-shaped <laughs> stickers.
1: He only had one that was a real complete failure that he recognized himself and moved on pretty quickly.
3: Oh, okay.
2: This is the Stack Overflow podcast, episode 95, recorded Thursday, November 17th, 2016 at Stack Overflow headquarters in New York City, New York, home of the Cronut and season five of Glee, where more than 8 million <laughs> people live in peace and enjoy the benefits of democracy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Double Entry Bookkeeping, invented in 1494 in Milan by Luca Pacioli, the father of accounting, who was a Franciscan monk. And also, I think Leonardo really? da Vinci's lover, but that's not there's no evidence for that. I'm allowed to it's think that. It's just a thing
1: you think? Well, they
2: live together. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm allowed to think that, right? Okay. Sure. <laughs> We're in a post-truth
1: It's history. Era, it's open <laughs> to interpretation. You can think whatever you want.
2: <laughs> On today's podcast, the usual crew, Vice President of Community Product, Jay Hanlon. Hello. VP of Engineering, David Forton. Hi. And our news editor is Ilani Iskaki.
4: Hello, everyone.
2: And our special guest, CEO of Jewelbots, Sarah Chips. All right. I'm
0: your host, Joel Spolsky. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Can I have a new title? What? A new title. I'd like to be heretofore known Not, as that's Leonardo. The full podcast? No, Leonardo da Vinci's lover. Can that be my <laughs> new my new professional title? Can I get business cards? You can have domestic <laughs> domestic partner. Uh,
2: I prefer lover. <laughs> I, don't I know feel how like, to say like it's
0: that uh, it creates our relationship more accurately, in my opinion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, okay. You know what? We're actually starting on time today. I don't know if our listeners will notice or care, but uh, <laughs> We didn't have it's 45 minutes. It's a little hard
0: minutes. for them to tell. Yeah. I feel like you have a limited understanding of how podcast distribution works. <laughs> right.
2: I mean, they're just going to get it at the time that they get it. But this recording actually started at the time that it's always supposed to start. As it. will be to able to tell. Having They'll about a half hour. Yeah, you're, wel-
0: you're welcome, America. We're
2: organized and we're not exhausted from 35 minutes of struggling with getting the podcast ready.
1: Now everything is going to break. Now you know because you because you said that at the beginning. I jinxed
2: it. True.
0: We're doomed. That's how it
2: works. The old podcast back when we did the original Stack Overflow podcast, I had a bunch of gear to do it and I would do these Skype calls with Jeff Atwood and I had all this gear set up to do it. And every single time I would start doing it and something would not work. And I would literally not only have to try to make the gear work, but I had to take it apart to the smallest constituent parts. I mean not atoms. I didn't really No, but you'd have to you'd have to like
0: disconnect the string from the can and then attach to the other can each time. Every single cable (laughs) I had
2: to unplug, every mixer I took apart and reset, like hard reset like turned all the knobs to like zero, replugged it in all from scratch, set it all up again and every single time. And so after a few times I drew on graph paper, exactly how everything's supposed to be connected so that I would remember for the next time. And that didn't help either. I couldn't follow my drawings or I don't know what, or I would set it up exactly the same way. And then I would end up with one extra wire. And and it wouldn't work. <laughs> it's you know like the in one theory, extra Lego piece? Yeah. Our
0: investors can all hear this podcast if yeah. they chose to. I just <laughs> want to, I'm not sure if it's clear okay. This
2: was before we took the money. Okay.
0: <laughs> this is from the original. That's right. That's what the money Lego was for, for actually.
1: <laughs> was to solve these kinds of problems. To see, get this all yeah, ever
0: since ever since we've been properly funded, you don't see Joel with graph paper in this room too much. So No, that's not totally true. He's drawing cats mostly. It's different. Alligators. Let's see if
2: I can set up the old podcast gear again, just for old time's sake. There was a couple of episodes that we recorded (laughs) just by going into the asterisk's phone system and telling it to record calls on a certain phone line. And it would just drop a, you know, MP3 file in some folder somewhere.
0: Like, hey, we have voicemails today. Yeah, kind of. of.
2: Anyway, this is the week of Microsoft.Connect, left paren, right paren, semicolon. Which
1: is a... Slash slash 2016. Don't forget that part.
2: Yeah. The
0: comment after. It's commented out, though, so it doesn't matter. Which is a massive <laughs> but virtual conference, basically, right?
2: Mostly, although David and I went somewhere yesterday. What was that? If this is It was virtual like conference?
0: the
1: secret they do this basically as a virtual conference, but that was probably too weird. So they have this like in studio audience, and our job is to just sit there and clap at appropriate times and
0: right. laugh. Don't at they know they can get a button? We have a button for in studio <laughs> audience. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. seems. Oh, nope. no, uh, see, this is... That one. That button's not working there. But this is where a button is better. The in-studio audience can never chirp like a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible at that. They're no <laughs> good. So you can you can train them all day. They never sound like crickets.
2: Mostly, if they ever pause, you just hear sort of the rustling of Lay's potato chip bags and,
0: you know, <laughs> the occasional cough. There's some Verge reporter there saying, I wonder what
2: the music will be when Steve comes out. Okay, so wait, so, so the conference. big news from the Microsoft.Connect... Oh, my goodness. Banana
0: right banana semicolon.
2: What
1: it was—it's big news. I'm excited. Wait, Go ahead. you were tell there, us, Joel. so
2: i am literally just a couple of
1: things. Oh, that you I don't even to know heard. what the big news was. A couple you of just things read I happened
2: to have heard, which I thought were interesting. Number one, Scott Hanselman interviewed me for his podcast, so I will be on Hanselman. It's com. Look forward to that in December. <laughs> okay.
0: To be clear, that was not part of the keynote. That was just your little plug. Oh. Scott Hanselman. You know, it's big news to me. <laughs> Longtime time friend of the company and podcast. He's been on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend no. on again.
2: He's been on this podcast, and I think we've been on his podcast. So there's a lot of cross-podcasting. That's right. Feel free to listen to Hanselman. It's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Scott's it's, great. It's a great show. I think mostly he just reads source code out loud. He just just reads lots of code. But he makes it sound great. Did you see every time they showed some sample code of C Sharp, there were 11 lines of code up on the screen? of which you would need zero if you were writing code in Python. Because it was always like squiggly braces and begins and class declarations.
1: Yeah, there was one hilarious moment where they were, like, bragging about how few lines of code it was, and they were like, you know, it's only five real lines of code, right. and there were, like, 40 <laughs> lines of code on there. It's like like if, you, if you remove all the class declarations and the and the usings and all that stuff, that it's, actually only, it's only, like, four lines of code.
2: Reminds me, you can tell how long I haven't been programming, that every time I see them introduce some new feature into the Visual Studio universe, I say... They're just introducing that now. (laughs) (laughs) There was was, okay,
1: so there was not actual audience cricket noises, but there were a few crickets moments. One of them was when they demonstrated to great fan pair the feature where if you drop a file into the folder with all the rest of your code, it just picks it up in Visual Studio, and you don't have to manually add it to the CS project anymore. And the audience was just like dead silent (laughs) because everyone in the room was like, "Yeah." We are now
2: on the 20th year of Visual Studio, (laughs) and Visual Studio still expects that it is a human being's job to tell Visual Studio what files are in a directory. (laughs) It's like the first DOS DOS 1.0 could list all the files in a directory for you, but Visual Studio is like, now why don't you just tell me just in case? I mean, I don't know. I might, I might miss something. Just, just, you
0: know, just you tell me what files are in the directory. So, Lana, I got to ask you as a fellow non-programmer, <sighs> every time they say Jay is looking class here. declaration, do you think of did like the kid? Did we say that? Did we say every, that? I think of the kid who's I like, when I am class president, it. there will be strawberry milk every day <laughs> in the lunchroom. Guaranteed. <laughs> okay, first of all, and that kid always not... won on that promise. And I never, yeah. never got a single damn pint of strawberry milk it was a filthy campaign promise lie
2: did you read that article about how strawberry is the one flavor that they can completely synthetically manufacture that's so. no sp-
4: we were talking about this today red yeah. dye yeah. from a specific beetle
2: yeah uh-huh. yes.
4: yes they grind it up yeah and that's where you get the red dye from not kosher at all but it no. tastes like strawberry. that's red that's and, the red
2: dye Wait, yeah, where's the strawberry flavor more people from? are
4: allergic to red dye than anything else
0: Wow. So <laughs> some fun facts on like fake Don't flavors. That, <laughs> truffle oil never has truffles in it. No truffle oil oh, yeah, you can yeah. purchase yeah. in the states has truffle oil in it. The truffle is
2: what William Shakespeare is uh. wearing around his neck.
0: No, no, that's a that's a <laughs> you're thinking that's a ker truffle that's called. Okay. And the other what's the other Honey Nut Cheerios? Honey Nut Cheerios, which tastes uh, like, like yeah, no almonds. It's, nuts. Not, it's not honey. It has honey. It has, honey. No, nuts. Oh, it has okay. no nuts in it. Yeah. The almond yeah. flavoring comes from like the inside of a peach pit, the part that's where not arsenic did or something. It used to come from like like almonds, I believe. Almonds. They, no, it. Where do they get the they, almonds? They grew. What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, they the they new the question, almonds? where do
0: almonds come from? No, no. Back in the Sometimes when two nut almonds Cheerios. love each I'm other very much. As Sorry, old as
2: you are, I don't really know the whole story about
0: it. No, honey nut Cheerios used to be flavored with honey and nuts, as one might expect. Yeah. But now, actually, quite.
2: No, but like nuts, like from. Where do they get nuts? They're not from peach pits? Uh, that's
4: not a nut. <laughs> I actually, I mean, actually, actually, I want to make fun come, come. of Joel,
0: but I find myself going. Um, I don't really know where an almond comes from. If it grows in a chicken or the sky, or <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing the ground. There's like no farm you can go to and pick almonds. No, <laughs> they take them up from the dirt with a spade. <laughs> Is that true? Oh, uh, I was gonna try to troll you, but I think
2: you trolled me back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's deliberate. I, uh, <sighs> I know what an almond looks like. I think. I think they just grow on trees, Jay. I think they just grow Literally? on trees.
4: Literally? They're actually the pit of a fruit from they an are? almond tree. Yeah. So
0: wait, so could I eat like an almond fruit, like bite into a thing that would be around an almond?
2: I really just thought that they were the middle
0: gross. of an apricot. <laughs> Aren't most almonds poisonous? <laughs> you think just by pronouncing an apricot, you'll sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: almonds are naturally poisonous, right? It's, right? it's a mutation of almonds that makes them edible. But if you find like wild almonds, don't eat them. <laughs>
2: Good advice. Okay. Yeah, I think we might have to now pop the stack about 14 levels. So we were at
1: Microsoft. So Microsoft connect. <laughs> <laughs> the big, big announcements. Are oh, you going yeah. to talk about them? Sure. I mean, the ones everyone was SQL talking Server about. SQL Server
0: is
2: free.
1: No.
0: <laughs> no. It is. <laughs> which is interesting because no. in the past, if I recall correctly, SQL Server cost $10 billion per license. <laughs> That's right. It, it used to be. Something
2: along those lines. Well, we once calculated how much it would cost us to port all of our code from SQL Server to Postgres, which is free because it's open source. Yep. And the cost was the same as about two years worth of license for SQL server. So it was like they had like literally calculated it exactly to punish us so that, you know, it depended It's just on
0: not she, quite worth it.
2: Just not quite worth the port, but really close. But, but wait, close. so is it
1: really free now? To be clear, yeah. no. No, no, it is not actually free.
2: There are multiple versions of SQL server, and yes. they used to be like the cheap versions and the free versions yeah. didn't have all the features. And yes. expensive versions had all kinds of features. And you would end up using some advanced feature and then they'd be like, oh, oh, oh. if you want to use that advanced feature, you know, division or something. Or <laughs> maybe long division, <laughs> uh, floating point numbers. Then you had to.
0: Everything but select is available for free. <laughs> if you want to use select, yeah. though. Yeah. Okay. Got it.
2: Then you would pay a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. It would go from like zero to $180,000, just
0: like that. Well, this is like Google Analytics where like there's a version mm-hmm. that has like 70% of the features that cost nothing. Yeah. And then if you want the features, it's literally a couple hundred grand a clear, year. To it is the not way. free
1: now. They're still going to extract their 10 pounds of flesh from you. They're just pricing it differently mm. so that it's not feature-based anymore. Second Shakespeare
2: reference in the podcast.
1: Because it actually makes it easier for them to extract their pound of flesh, just I think. Just to be clear. Because what it is now is all the way down to like the community level, a bunch of the features that used to right. only be enabled in Enterprise are now available from the beginning so that you get hooked on them. And then it's basically as you scale up your usage of SQL, you have to now go buy the upgraded version.
0: So just to be clear, you were both recently participants, featured nicely at Microsoft's conference. They've made their main product freer, and David has cast them as a violent Shakespearean villain. <laughs> yes. As a result. Okay. And incidentally, it's hey, not look, a pound we of we love flesh. SQL Server.
1: Yeah, it is expensive,
0: but it's a it's great, great product. It's one pound 30
2: after the Brexit and the demonetization.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they're both British. <laughs> Shakespeare and England. Yes. Yeah. No, well, also
2: <laughs> the pound is worth much less. Did you just explain my joke wrong, Jay? <laughs> You really. This is the second time I tried to troll you, and you trolled me back in the same podcast. All right, more Shakespeare references. Here's the thing. By the way, for example, let's say that you want to use Fogbugs, which requires SQL Server. Sure. You don't need a very powerful SQL Server. You just need a lot of SQL Server features. And so what this essentially says is you can use the free version of SQL Server, say, to run Fogbugs without going and buying a more expensive version because you're not using a lot of SQL Server power. You're just using some fancy features. So... It's kind of a big deal. It makes a big difference to a lot of people.
1: For us, it makes a difference with Stack Overflow Enterprise, where we use a bunch of the SQL Enterprise features because we have big, huge, giant SQL boxes. Right. But for Enterprise, a lot of the clients are much smaller installs, and they get by with just SQL Standard, which is the middle level.
2: Right. Right. And that'll be plenty. Plenty. So we were featured, by the way, in the Microsoft Connect. During their keynote, which went on for hours and hours and hours, they showed a little video, which was like three minutes. About Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow Enterprise, how we use SQL Server, how we only have one entire or two. We have two little boxes. And then they showed pictures of two trash cans for some reason. I don't think those were our SQL servers. They look like
0: two Google Home devices yeah, is what I like, thought they were they were little hockey buck. They were sort of like... And then one turns like has a red light because we're only using one of them. So that's got the green light. got the. I don't know why that was Oh, those are actual...
1: You mean the icons they showed. Those are actually our animations from our performance page. So if you go to stackexchange.com slash performance, we have this awesome little page that okay Ed craver and a couple other people made that walks through it
0: oh. they're kind of adorable they're like
2: wally's girlfriend anyway yeah i was wondering why they weren't showing a picture of something that looked like a server to a human being
1: okay oh because they didn't have time to you know go, go to, to a data, data center. center in new jersey came to our office oh, to film out
2: okay so that filming that little three minute video thing involved me going to redmond and filming for like a morning just repeating all kinds of things that they wanted me to say yeah. and they were like i was like microsoft is our friend and will always be the greatest company in the entire history of the world and here is today's paper. I, I am not under direct. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 say that one more time. But instead of the entire history of the world, say yeah. the universe. Universe. Oh, and then I was like, we love the Microsoft stack, and they're like, oh, don't say because you, you weren't supposed to say stack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've covered that on this podcast. And it's anyway that was a morning of recording, and then they came to our office, and they came here with a whole film crew and a whole bunch of people who weren't the film crew and a bunch of handlers who handled the film
1: crew. It was a big group. It was like eight yeah. to ten people. It shows though. Like I gotta insane. say, the video and they were it was here great for quality. A
2: whole day. I filmed, days, for, yeah.
1: I filmed for probably like an hour and a half for my little interview, of which I think they took two sentences. Right, right. And then I did like another hour of me walking around the office, me walking up a staircase, me standing in front of a whiteboard. It was yeah. just all and the- It,
0: it paid off. If pain. either of you in real life looked anything or sounded anything like you did in that video, I would just follow you both around all day waiting to be inspired yeah. <laughs> or have one of you propose to marry me. Either way, I was very, I, happy. I was very inspirational. It's I was inspired by myself. Video. So that was
2: cool. It's supposed to both highlight how amazing it is that we use SQL Server Enterprise Edition and how little hardware we need and how much money that has saved us over the years. And also Stack Overflow Enterprise now available, which is a version of Stack Overflow for large enterprises that want to allow their own programmers to ask and answer questions internally on their own private internet within the security of their own thing about their proprietary code without going out on the public Stack Overflow. Top. Have we not talked about that since it I don't relaunched? No. We Who must know. Who knows? Who On the podcast? Yeah. We I may not have. I Our don't think so. Know about Stack Enterprise. Well, anyway, Stack Overflow Enterprise was, I guess, officially revealed to the world, officially according to officialdom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the canonical. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Okay.
2: Then there was a whole bunch of like cats lying down with dogs and the lions sleeping with sheep. Yeah, and yeah. So let's forth. talk about that stuff. Yeah. Microsoft is now makes Linux, or a part That's of right. Linux. Microsoft has joined, joined Linux. the
1: Linux Foundation as a platinum sponsor, I believe, which yeah. means they give a lot of money. What's funny
2: is that that sort of makes it sound like almost probably less than what it really is. That's just sort of like, oh, they wrote the seventy five thousand dollars check instead of the twenty five thousand dollars check. It's it's more than that. More than just the high end of American it's Express card. It's just
1: the fact that they joined the foundation. That's
0: the, the like. That's a big deal because they used to think thing.
2: Linux was anathema. Is that a word? I anathema. don't know how to say it. anathema. There's a word that means an anathema. Me just... Anathema. Yeah.
0: Amoeba. No. (laughs) But the platinum membership level, that's the one where like you can personally go to dinner with Linus Torvalds, and he calls you like a moron in person, right? Isn't that the level of platinum? The platinum membership is serious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You get to have a slumber party with Linus.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. That would be such a great Saturday live skin if anyone knew it. And the other
2: platinum sponsors, (laughs) they all once a year have a big slumber party. Linus, is that (laughs) the one with the pumpkins? It's like the oh, Great Pumpkin Awakening thinking, or whatever. you're thinking, no,
0: no, no, it's the— yeah, it's the, Linus from Snoopy. It's the Great Pumpkin Linus Torvalds. That's yeah. what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I am mixing this up. <laughs> Speaking of lions and sheep lying down together in the pumpkin field, is that Google has now joined the .NET Foundation as a platinum sponsor. Or something. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. It's that's the, also you know, it's crazy. the
1: steering committee, actually, for like the language group. It's even oh. more than—and their representative. Guess who their representative is?
2: Wait, let me guess. Uh, Scott Bio from Chachi from— <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is back in our life he is back makes. in our lives again somewhat tragically
1: <laughs> <laughs> who's our favorite google programmer john skeet john skeet john skeet is google's representative oh, to get really? out of here the dot net, D- yeah does that guy oh. sleep
2: I, that boggles no, my that's mind why he's been doing that anyway because he, I mean, yeah, he wrote he's been doing book this, this work for show. free
1: now i mean it's probably still for free i guess but now he's yeah. now it's just official
2: okay that is before big he
1: was like the microsoft spy inside google and now it's like an official partnership
2: this is all, I'm just, my world is shaking. And the funny thing is, you go look on the normal computer news outlets or whatever, and this stuff is sort of big and serious, and it's just not really getting coverage. So, cover this, damn newspapers.
1: Yeah, uh, all our newspaper
2: listeners. The real... <laughs>
0: That's why we hate the media, it's sad.
2: The real thing that happened is that developer tools just as they were sort of falling apart as a business because the developers wanted to use the cheap and free open source stuff. Yep. There ceased to become a way to make money with compilers. And that would have been bad for Microsoft theoretically. But luckily, Microsoft was saved at the 11th hour by the invention of all the, uh, the cloud hosting. And for Microsoft, that's Azure. There's the Google hosting environment, the Amazon Web Services, of course, or Rackspace or Rogu. There's a million of those. So all the money now is in just like operating servers that you run your stuff on in the cloud. And that is a big part of why they're doing all this cross-platform stuff, because the developer tools have become really a complement of the expensive hosting. Google's becoming part of
1: .NET because Google now supports .NET as a first-class language on their hosting platform, and that's the same thing Microsoft's doing. You can now run Linux containers and Linux on Azure and all these other tools. And their first demo at the whole Connect thing was about running Node.js, hitting MongoDB on Azure in a Docker container running Linux
2: or Linux. This is all like, yeah, lions lying down with...
0: Well, it's a triumph for the open source model, right? I mean, if you think about it, it's like that's how Red Hat basically... It's the support and hosting is what you... Yeah, like. I you give so. people the tool set well, for think, free, and when yeah. they get yeah. big enough, when they need to scale, when they're at a size they can pay, they pay for support, they pay for... WordPress was hardware. like this too, too, So you They back to paying
2: for hardware, essentially. So we're back in the world of IBM mainframes where software had no value, and the only thing that was worth anything was the hardware, and the Room software just made it possible but to buy But what I think hardware. is really interesting is that they're becoming
1: almost... Homogenous by, you know, Google adopting.net and Azure adopting Linux technologies and all this stuff. AWS has always sort of been run whatever you want. Feels like they're kind of becoming the same. So I don't know what is the lock-in angle for them. I guess a lot of what they want is that yeah. you don't just run your own servers. You use a lot of the like Azure specific tools and platform features that if you were to move off of Azure because, you know, you wanted to go somewhere else, it would be a huge pain be a lot of to work and everything. So that's so. the lock in. So that's kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it's like there's a little bit of a, you know, they're just like changing the game here where they'll give you the tools for free because what they want to get you locked in on is their cloud platform.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, that was Microsoft.Connect.
1: There's a lot of other good stuff in there that we didn't get into. or Lots of cool new tooling for Microsoft.net developers. Like? I don't know. We don't have to talk about it. But, oh, you missed um, Visual Studio for Mac was another one oh, of the yeah, cross-platform crazy think. things. that
2: Yeah, what is minds. going on? This is crazy. All right, and this is a story I told 14 times at the conference yesterday. So everybody forgot. In 1994, Microsoft released Visual C++, which was a predecessor to Visual Studio that only had C++, and they released it for the Macintosh for about 20 minutes. And even at the time, I was the only person who noticed it. (laughs) It wasn't even noticed at the time, and it disappeared very rapidly. But what had happened is that they had ported the C++ compiler to Macintosh so that they could compile Word for Windows and make Word for Windows for Mac, which was a much hated version of Word, also known as Word 6.0, to the Mac users.
0: But this is 94. yeah. This is like the
2: lowest before point in Macintosh history.
0: Correct. No, no, no. This was because Macs are big at Dartmouth. My school is right. Macs. Yeah, it was System 7. But nobody else did. Nobody. No, but this is before the PowerPC. Yeah. This was before yep. any of the real MacBooks. They were sixty-eight O twenties, and they were, oh, yeah, there were no books.
2: They were all no.
0: People had forgot um, about that. The mini Mac, the Mac Color was was like at the end of its <laughs> cycle around then. The probably S, yeah. the
2: Macintosh SE.
0: And there was a big. They were like the Macintosh like LE. There's was like a big slab. It looked like a Microsoft. It was a big like flat right. slab. Was their main the Mac Two? Desktop.
2: They were called Macintosh Two, and there was the Two CI and the Two.
4: I grew up with the Two GS.
0: Two
2: GS. Oh, no, yeah. do you yeah. remember yeah. Graphics and Sound? That was
0: the
4: multimedia with one. The dot matrix. Program. That
2: was yeah. pre. Yeah. That was pre Macintosh. That was Apple Two. Yeah.
0: yeah. The GS was like, it had like real color graphics. Yeah, it was
4: awesome. I don't
0: know what you mean by real. Uh, The GS was a big (laughs) step up, big step up for multimedia. (sighs) Okay. So, Visual Studio for Mac, just to be clear. That's a big deal, too. Yeah. It's a preview. It's not the full thing, but.
1: And
2: this is from my friend Miguel de Caza, who's been
0: on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. And
1: some have pointed out it's really, it's sort of like a reskinning of Xamarin Studio, really, which has been on Mac for a while. But I think they're going to keep building it as long as people are actually using it. Because, like you said, they just don't care that much about selling developers Windows OS licenses anymore. They care about getting them to use the Microsoft tools and hopefully the Microsoft cloud. And a lot of what they demoed was like, look how easy it is to use Azure with Visual Studio. And it's like, you just right click
0: these things and you're hosted in Azure and it's magical. And I think um, part of their shift has been a philosophy thing, right? They deliberately embraced the developer community, going broader, being more open. But I also think financially, it's weird to me that they were always so close right? and that the OS was never where they made the real money. Like back in the old days, the Office suite, yeah. like just getting everyone on Office on every platform made more they sense They made pretty for
2: good money on the OS, too.
0: No, I know. But I mean, even 20 years ago, right, the Office was a much, much bigger source of their margins than all the Windows updates. Maybe. Maybe.
2: Anyway. Okay. Time for a one-minute tech review. You even ranted. You're not mad about anything today? That counts as a rant.
1: Was it a rant? Were you angry about it? I don't even know.
2: Everybody's confused because the podcast format says that Joel rants at the beginning. And the rant is just a conversation that I stick in there about something that happened.
0: Oh, sorry. I see. I thought this was a segment labeled Joel's rant. What you're telling me is it's a warning to the rest of us. Joel rants. The S is just misplaced, basically. Um, You just rant. Everything is basically a rant. Some kind of joke about apostrophes? You're trying to (laughs) tell? Don't get me started on apostrophes. (laughs) Did you have a one-minute tech review for us? I do have a one-minute
2: tech review. My one-minute tech review this week is the MacBook Pro 2016 edition with the touch strip, which I just got. Did you get one? I got one last night. Did you touch it? I touched it. What? (laughs) The touch bar? It has a touch bar. The touch How does it touch? Okay, I'm disappointed by a lot of things. Here's my review, and it's just a one-minute review. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Number one, I was sort of like, why is everybody so worried about the escape button that there's no escape key anymore? because just the top left of the touch thing is always gonna be an escape key. Right. So why can't you just hit that? It's virtual. So two things happen. One is that touch bar really is like touch, it's not press. There's no click, there's no haptic, nothing. Okay. And so you hit it by mistake sometimes. You hit oh. it a bunch of times. You don't know if you've hit it.
0: There's no tactile feedback. Basically. There's no tactile
2: feedback on the escape key. Okay. That is a problem. Also, probably if you use escape a lot, you've gotten into the habit of just groping around for the top left of the keyboard. Yeah. And so you're gonna be hitting a lot of back ticks you're going to be typing a lot of backticks while you think you're trying oh. to but once you get windows. used to that though that feels you might like yeah. get used to that if that's your only keyboard but it's uh, it's worse than i expected i
0: thought oh, it would be cuz you'll switch acceptable. between home and work and one has the touch bar probably yeah. and one won't for a while it's okay. um
2: i'm just going to have to They should
0: have sp- done those cool little physical keys that have little tiny
1: led screens in them
2: oh yeah optimus oh, prime style,
1: style. So, yeah optima
0: yeah. optima that
1: and then they would still have been you know Physical
2: keys. So I'm sad about that and disappointed. Uh, Why why doesn't
1: Apple hire me? I I could just tell them how to do this stuff better.
2: You know what's funny is that they do have, next to the touch strip, is a real button, which is the power button. It's not really a button, but it's a fingerprint reader. And it's not really a part of the screen. And they could have done that for escape. They could have put an escape button in the left and just had it permanently be there. And uh, I suspect they might do something like that in the future. They will never. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, this is something which they can fix in software, but one of the things I realized that I'm used to is the volume up, down buttons always being in the same place (laughs) because I just say, oh, this is too loud, and then I reach for the, what is it, the F11 key or something? Like That's where the volume down always is, and I just press that. On the new one, in normal mode, there's a volume button. When you tap, when you press down the volume button, it puts you in a special mode where now you have to move your finger to the left or to the right to adjust the volume slider. And that's oh, okay wild. if it always worked that way. The trouble is there's another mode that the touch bar goes into where you get the function keys back. And so you actually don't have that. You have the traditional one button that lowers the volume and another button that raises the volume and then the mute button.
0: Oh, so sometimes it has like up, down and mute. And sometimes it has like a start, start volume sliding. thing. That's a top yes. level menu, essentially.
2: Yes. I haven't yet quite figured out where, where, when, whatever. And so it was remarkably frustrating that, you know, every time you go to YouTube or you go to a web page and it's got, like, some, you know, audio that just starts playing. because 1996, apparently. <laughs> and <laughs> No, you may not start
0: playing sounds no. on my computer when I'm browsing
2: the web. And you want to, like, lower the volume where you can't quite hear something. You want to raise right. the volume. It's sort of surprising how frustrating it is when the volume button is not in a reliable place. <sighs> So that's an annoyance. Third annoyance, using the little USB plug, the newfangled USB plug, instead of the MagSafe for the power adapter, it's just worse. It doesn't have a little light like the chargers oh. do, so you don't know that it's connected and that it's charging.
1: This light. Uh, MagSafe is one of the yeah. most brilliant things that Apple ever invented. I don't understand why they're
2: just yeah throwing it away. Yeah, just they thought it was elegant to just switch everybody over to, to everything being USB-C, and maybe it will be, but uh, God, it'd be nice if they had just stuck a little light on there to indicate that it's
0: charging. If it were up to Johnny Ive, you wouldn't be able to charge these things. They'd have no holes in them anywhere. Right. There'd be one solid piece of aluminum with no screen or keyboard, and when yeah. you're done, you just throw it away and buy a new one.
2: Yeah, or maybe you
0: just rub it, and that makes it... <laughs> If I have to ask you to stop rubbing your computer in the cafe again, Joel, we're gonna we're gonna have a formal complaint on our hands. I'm not gonna touch wow, that one. I'm that not gonna go there. Just got real.
2: Fourth thing, the apple on the back of the, oh, key, the thing does not light up. <gasps> what? It's a mirror. It doesn't light up. It's a Wait, mirror? well, but so you can fix yeah. it.
0: I I can fix my makeup in it. Yeah. Okay. But you're that beautiful seems with like a step back. I feel like I could live with that one.
2: It is a lot lighter and smaller. I mean it's the same the computer that it replaces, it's like a pound less. It's just because it it's very be smaller, really? it's skinnier, and it's a pound. Yeah, it's You get the fifteen or the thirteen? Thirteen. Okay, But the 13 that are replaced, I mean, it's like MacBook Air size. It's really nice. That's a
0: big improvement.
2: So yeah, everything is worse, except that it's a little bit lighter and, and
0: smaller. Thank you for that yeah. detailed input. I'm still getting one. Yeah. You kind of have to because it's yeah. been four years. Yeah, I got you know. a five-year-old computer. It's really
1: annoying. I've been shopping Windows laptops for home for my wife, and there is no good option. Every single machine now has some significant drawback. Some problem. And it's annoying that like the MacBook, the 15-inch Retina MacBook Pro, when I got it, it was like... The first perfect machine I'd ever owned. Mm -hmm. It was like, they did every single thing right. There is nothing I don't like about this machine. And it's annoying that they did not just...
2: Just keep doing that. Keep doing that. Yeah. It's weird. Like, just Apple is just going backwards. It's really strange that they've thrown away a bunch of innovations that they worked hard to gain over the years to make a much more generic machine. But, okay, was that about a minute? Do we have... I still got 35
0: seconds. (laughs) <laughs> here at stack overflow Joel controls what time it is
2: let's do a round of startup or shut up oh
0: oh boy okay how does this work alright well last time we played this game I yeah. was robbed by filthy lies and cheats okay
4: alright here we go so we have three rounds three startups per round one of them is fake you have to figure out which one is the fake one so two out of the three are real okay Round one, here we go. Easy as pie. Pythagoras pizza. Pythagoras, a.k.a. pie, reimagines delivery pizza by combining elegant software design with deliciously crafted pies and a mischievous love for sharing art. Art.
2: That's got to be real. Gotta be.
1: It's a pie delivery service. It's too impossible
0: to follow to be made up. A pizza <laughs> delivery
2: yeah, yeah, service. Exactly. They
4: reimagined delivery pizza by combining elegant software design with deliciously crafted pies Does and a mischievous real. love for sharing. This the kind of people that arts.
2: start pizza oriented startups. I'm sorry. How wake was... up in a feverish dream. <laughs> Remember
1: who was it? Who was it that started the, 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 the startup that was going to deliver you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? What was that? That was uh, okay. I can see how famous. they could
0: have. I don't know what was it like. Lovely and ambitious software. Fine. Yeah. Elegant pizzas. Great. There was something about a newfound appreciation for art. How does a pizza arriving help with that?
2: I Yeah, it's too much. And by the way, Kevin is going crazy here in the chat room. Pie is not Pythagoras. It's really the first two letters Pythagoras. of Pythagoras. Uh, so it's, well, well, I'm, if you don't knew don't
0: Pythagoras like I do, you can call him pie. <laughs> okay, number two.
4: My plaid. Have you ever wanted your very own one-of-a-kind tartan?
0: Yes. Yeah.
4: You give us your favorite colors, and we use our patented software to build a pattern just for you.
0: Okay. If this is real, I'm going full on my paisley, and we're going to disrupt this whole marketplace, yeah. baby. Wow. Well, this my is... Um, this you know, is not Those, this is those not... of us of
1: Scottish heritage already have yeah. our own tartan.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did someone get you to pay $400 for a coat of I arms, don't know. David? I have
1: no idea what it is, but theoretically, I have one. Yeah. We found our family coat of arms once, and it had some strange animal on it. It was either a beaver or a camel.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the two very different animals.
1: I, I don't know if they have which. camels in,
2: in the borderlands, really. <laughs> Okay.
4: All right. Ready? Number three. Yeah. Lug, L-U-G-G. We make it dead simple to get your new furniture home, your Craigslist purchases delivered to you, and moving all of your stuff into your new apartment.
2: Oh, wow. It's much harder than last time. <sighs> I could use that. All right. So we got lug. We got- That one sounds- Lug sounds Thaggaris too pizza. useful
1: to be real. That's, that's my-
2: yeah. We got
4: lug, my <laughs> plaid, and easy as pie.
0: Easy as pie. I think Lug is real. Lug, Lug just sounds... I feel like if Lug is not real, there are like six other services just like they Lug. They just don't have that name. I'm going to go for Lug is the fake one. Really? Yeah. Okay, hang You can on. do whatever you
2: want. I should make them write down their thing before I say I'm, I'm going for Plaid. My Plaid
1: is the fake one. Jay? Jay?
0: Oh. We should all have to write them down and then reveal them. The Plaid's the... so plausible, that, that I feel like do? it's fake. But I'm going to pick Easy as Pie as the fake one because I don't get the art angle.
4: Okay. The fake one is my plaid.
2: Damn it! Oh. Yes! <laughs> that would, now, I went to Scotland, and that's all anybody was doing was buying tartans. But there
0: were not bespoke tartans. Right. Couldn't make your own tartan. No, I mean, this would be a huge right. thing. This would we be all should start giant that. Business Bus- and, new
1: business idea. And I that's think That's the great. other thing that I comes want out one. of this. <laughs> we got to register the domain before the podcast airs, though.
0: So how does the pizza make me love art again? All right, let's move on. Okay, yeah, fine. Keep going. <laughs> Looking up my own time. All right,
4: round two. Player two. Tinder for gamers. Meet other gamers and strike up a romantic partnership based on your favorite games. Swipe right for WoW or left for TF2. Wait,
2: what? it's actually called Tinder for gamers? Well, that's their tagline. Well, oh.
4: player two. Tinder oh, player for, for Gamers.
2: Yeah. Oh, I thought this was... Wait, uh, is th- it player two or player for two?
4: Player two. Player two. Tinder for gamers.
2: Tinder for gamers.
1: Right. Yeah. what was that last line of that swipe okay. left right for, for wow. wow
4: or left for tf2
1: what does
0: tf2 mean in gamer sense. world that's a team fortress 2 oh yeah, oh sure <laughs> sure hats
4: hats.
0: everything's hats okay
4: cool grabble tinder for fashion users, <laughs> users swipe left or right through an endless fashion product feed selected by our fashion director we collect the data and provide insight to retailers
0: sorry how do you spell grabble
4: g-r-a-b-b-l-e <laughs>
0: The etymology gravel. is not clear to me. Okay, yeah, got
4: it. It's like gravel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only with bees. It's totally consistent with the fashion. Ra- gravel. Yeah. Gravel. It's, it's a playoff of Graupel,
1: which I believe is a kind of tiny hail. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
4: And sandwich video. We make videos mostly for neat tech products, like an agency and production company in oh, one. I know that. We almost start. always write the videos we make.
2: <laughs> I know a bunch of these. <laughs> I, I like that.
1: Answer. They're, wait, sorry. Sorry, part of their tagline is we
2: almost always yeah, write the I love videos? It. I love it. Dun, dun, dun. You know, anybody who's a good podcast listener will know the third one. All right, everybody, wait. Before anybody says anything, decide
1: which one.
4: Okay, which one's the fake one? Player two, Grabble, Tinder for Fashion, or sandwich video?
0: How much video is mine. too ridiculous a name that sounds real? Okay. All right, I'm going with Player 2 is fake. I also believe Player 2 is fake. I believe that Gravel is fake.
4: All right, well, Player 2 is fake. Yes! Ah! That is <laughs> the <laughs> so first the time thing? I've gotten any Sorry, of these right Joel. since the
0: game started.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it could have. be Gravel, but the name was too bad up, for Jay? it to be fake. And they had that thing about providing insight to retailers that was like, that sounds exactly like somebody would.
4: Although I think Player 2 is great. Oh, Player Two is a sure good name. I'm sure that kind
0: of idea exists. Player Two is a good name. Although there's a. I feel like there's some marketplace problems with trying to create a dating product for gamers, I feel.
4: Don't we have someone here that made one based on books?
0: Yes, our own Matt Sherman. Yeah. Oh, uh, they're shutting down, though. St- they're but... shutting down. Oh. It was a likewise, which matched people up based on their book preferences, what books they liked. Yeah. And I remember actually talking to him in some depth, but I said, well, is that really that great a predictor of a good match? And he said, well, sometimes there's alignment there, but he said the, one of the reasons it works is kind of interesting. Baseline startup idea is that simply the kind of people who want to meet someone based on liking books tend to be better match. which is, forget the matching element, the people <laughs> that the site attracted it already it? Right. got you to a good subset. It doesn't even yeah. matter if you like the same books. Right. Just the fact that you want to be part of a
1: site mm, that tra- right. promises to match you based on so nice. So the, match- the like matching
0: it. capability was effectively a bonus if that worked, But it was, which I thought was kind of cool and interesting. All, mm. right. all right, all right, we got one more yeah. round. Okay. All right, here yeah. we go, round, round
4: three. Yeah. Cold Openings, a B2B company providing online marketing tools to connect sales teams with new digital customers.
0: Okay. Okay. That's very
2: Geller. strange. Geller.
4: Scalable Operations Analytics.
0: Does it have no uh, vowels?
4: S C A L Y R.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a real one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but that can't be real because that is definitely a bad guy in a Harry Potter story. I'm Scalar
4: <laughs> provides scalable oh. operations analytics, logs, servers, and other operational data. This gives ops teams the info they need to monitor, troubleshoot, and optimize production systems. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't no, that's funny that's about real. that. And the third is Trustify. Oh. Private investigators on demand. Oh. Trustify connects individuals and businesses with highly trained professionals that offer real time observation wow. and digital monitoring. Trustify, it's Uber for dicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want that. Oh my God. I want Trustify. <laughs>
1: Wait, you want the product yeah, or you think I, that's the fake one?
0: Uh, Both. Both. Let's it's right the
2: that. fake one and I want the product. I'm going to go invest in it right now.
0: When this gets excerpted out of context, it's just going to be Joel saying, that's Uber for dicks. I want that one. <laughs> to be clear, it's not that out of context. Dick, of course, being an old timey shorthand for detective, as all of our listeners are no doubt thinking. Right, thank and you remember. for ex-
2: explaining that joke.
0: <laughs> I'm also going to pick Trustify because the other two sound far too real. Uh, I think yeah. I'm gonna pick Trustify.
2: Okay, we all said Trustify.
4: Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're all wrong. <laughs> oh. It's real. Cold openings is the oh, big one. That one sounded so good.
2: Oh, what that
0: a great name.
4: That one sounded name. too useful. We should have known. That makes you that was think the of the sandwich
2: one. from the previous. One. <laughs> it's like cold cuts. Okay.
0: I feel like uh, every cool. time we have one that sounds great to us, but yeah. then isn't real, yeah. we should automatically just start just a department. Start that business. Yeah, that is going to, like, that's we'll right. spin Look that off. i going to start Trustify
1: is a real, what, it's trustify.info, though, so you can't wow. take them too seriously. <laughs> not a good
2: domain name, but this is the, probably they have an app. Okay, so, are we done? Jess, what was yeah. the score?
3: Yeah. That is Jay with one, Joel with zero, and David with two. David I'm, wins! Oh, David, this is the second uh, time!
1: Wait, what's my first?
2: Do I get more you toilet
4: get a bowl? Clorox? Toilet ones?
2: sponges. Toilet <laughs> yeah, you ones? Other, you get the other six months supply that was left over <laughs> after you do the first six month supply of Clorox but uh, once. Well, as you know, Ooh. we're preparing constitution for Stack Overflow. We Each are. week we bring your proposal and you, our listeners, will decide on whether that proposal becomes a part. Of our new constitution. Last week, our question was Should you be allowed to comment out code and check it in? And now, with the result of last week's constitution question, here's news editor Ilani Ishaki.
4: Well, it was pretty close actually, but we got 75% for Khan. And the winner is yes. Joe stetch Khan, this dark road leads to being featured on an episode of Hoarders. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it really is. It really is hoarding <laughs> to, to just comment out code. All right, it's a officially of part of the jokes. constitution. So that has now been added to the Constitution. No more Thou checking in code. Thou shalt not
1: check in commented out code.
2: Today's Constitution question shall be, is it okay to get a keyboard with those extra loud clicky keys, so like a code keyboard, for example, if you are sharing your office or cubicle with a coworker? Uh, yeah, this was my question. All right. We're going to call it the Fullerton Bill? No, we call it, this is the
1: Punyon Amendment. The
2: Punyon um, Amendment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Named okay. for my coworker, Jason Punyan, for reasons I won't get into, but you might be able to guess. If you've ever shared an office with them, I think you...
4: And so let me ask you a question. Is there a reason why coders get clicky keys? Clicky is keys. it more fun? Oh, or... It is more uh, fun. Okay.
1: People are obsessed so. with the exact switches the... that you get on your keyboard. Yeah.
0: You know what switches are? I don't. The, switches the little thing, but, the
2: switch. It's like a switch. There's like a device the under
0: the keys in your keyboard that's like, it's usually like a little like X thing or oh, something. Right. Yes. And it pops them back up right. after you push them down. Mm-hmm. And As David said, so there's out, like how much resistance there is, and the exact mechanism
1: changes how it feels, and all these things that some programmers will tell you about endlessly. I have never felt like this was a thing.: but When the
2: first IBM PC came out, it had the clickiest, loudest keys you'd ever seen in your life, and everybody speculated that IBM was very concerned with backwards compatibility, and they just wanted it to sound like an electric typewriter. So when you hit the key there was a <laughs> clacking sound that could be heard all the way down the hall.
0: Is that what backwards compatibility actually means? <laughs> I, you
2: know they were they, sometimes it was necessary sometimes it wasn't. Post your answer. Okay, so it's pro is that it is okay to get a keyboard with extra loud clicky keys. Con is that That's they right. shall be banned. Post your answer to Twitter using the hashtag Stack Overflow Podcast either pro or con and your explanation short but convincing you have to fit it in 140 characters the best explanation whether you're on the winning side or the losing side just the best the most convincing explanation will be read on next week's podcast and you will win a fabulous stack overflow sticker courtesy of the stack overflow podcast and also i am sick of coming up with ideas for constitutional amendments so please post your ideas for future constitutional amendments to twitter using the hashtag stack overflow podcast and one of them might be named after you okay Excellent. That is the Constitution for Stack Overflow. We have a guest. We need ads. We should be like, we'll be right back after this message. From our sponsors. Double entry bookkeeping. (laughs) Double entry bookkeeping.
0: I feel like the double entry bookkeeping jingle has to be a duet. It just has to be. So it's that time again when we welcome one of our developer stories, of course, where we talk to various folks in the programming world about how they got started, what they're up to, and learn their story. Today, we are extremely excited, and it is a special day to have her. Sarah Chips, the former CTO of Levo League, former CTO of the Flatiron School, co-founder of Girl Develop It, I think has now helped 6,000 women to code in 25 cities. I believe she is the only non-employee, former employee, former associate of the company to have appeared as a guest on this podcast now twice. She was with us a while back, and in fact, last time we were talking to Sarah... It, my recollection is, Sarah, you were talking a little bit about hacking hardware and getting more interested in using your coding skills yeah. on physical things, and it was kind of just a mystery floating out there for us back then. Yeah, it was like the gun left on the mantelpiece
2: of the fireplace it in Chekhov's In one. the observatory, yes. yes.
0: <laughs> and today, Sarah, especially today, Sarah is a CEO and co-founder of Jewelbots, which literally shipped today, did they not?
3: Yeah, just today. Amazing.
0: So listen, about that, I was back in 90 and might have not come yet. And can you maybe get me a tracking number? Or can I get a status <laughs> update? Because I'm looking for a 20-pack and there's no 20-pack at my house. And this
1: is why we actually had you on the podcast. <laughs>
3: this is just customer support. This is like a different
1: way to do customer support.
0: That's right. That's right. I'm still waiting. Okay. Thanks. Okay.
1: So why don't you tell us what
3: Jewelbots are? Sorry. Right, so that's one fact that, that people may not know that Jewelbots were actually born at the Stack Exchange offices. I was working out of your co-working space when Jewelbots were created.
0: So I don't know if you read the agreement really carefully, but technically (laughs) (laughs) we We might own the whole company. Well, at least we get priority (laughs) on shipments. (laughs) At very very least, I feel like I should be getting my 20-pack faster, maybe overnight (laughs) delivery. So right, Sarah also was in our co-working space and was our friend and neighbor here for some time when we first moved in.
3: Yeah.
0: Wait, wait. We still didn't tell the listeners what Jewelbots are. Yeah.
3: So Jewelbots are smart, Programmable friendship bracelets aimed at young girls. Basically, they use Bluetooth trademark. They use Bluetooth. (laughs) (laughs) They have to be really careful what when you see the word Bluetooth. They use Bluetooth to detect each other. So when you're near your friends, your bracelets match and you can send secret messages to each other. And they're open source. So you can code them to do anything from tell you when it's going to start raining or when you have a new Instagram follower, or you can have it trigger your Amazon Echo to play a theme song every time you walk in the room or whatever you want to do with it.
4: I'm actually really excited about this because yeah. 20 years ago when I was in high school, actually I built my own business and, and was making friendship bracelets for people custom really? made. Wow. I was, you know, I was going to make money and I was going to make friends. This is, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which, parts of that, the same which parts of that worked out? <laughs> I think both of them actually but i'm actually really excited about this i think it's great i think especially now it's such a great time to empower girls i don't know yeah
0: so i want to come back to jewelbots because i have a lot of questions they're not all about when my order is going to arrive but I want, <laughs> I want to roll back in time a little bit one question you always ask how did you first get excited about computers about coding
3: this is one of my favorite stories i was a homeschool kid so
0: you seem pretty normal <laughs>
3: It's been a little while. It's been a couple of years. Except
0: (laughs) she's making robots
3: (laughs) (laughs) for a living. (laughs) Yeah. So depends on your definition of normal. I mean, it's really, that's why I'm building this because I had no friends, but you know, like there's a whole generation of people that are programmers and I don't know uh, the age of everyone in the room, but there's a whole generation of programmers that are, programmers because they didn't have friends. They just had nothing else to do exactly. (laughs) So hey, speak
1: for yourself. I had ones of friends. (laughs) As as David points out regularly,
0: he had friend.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I found out what BBSs were. Do you guys remember BBSs? Mm -hmm. So I hung out on BBSs all day when I was like 11 12, which I'm pretty sure everyone else on the BBS was like in their thirties. So that must have been a little weird. But I ended up co-hosting a BBS in my town, which was exciting to me. And I just kind of fell in love with computing then. And I've done it ever since. Awesome.
0: So fun fact about Jewelbox, the company from a Stack Overflow perspective is, if I'm not mistaken, your VP of engineering is also a close friend of Stack Overflow.
3: George Stocker built a lot of our technology and the firmware that lives on your bot that you're getting in the mail. And George
0: is one of our longtime contributor and moderator on Stack Overflow for many, many, many years. How
1: long has he been a moderator?
0: Oh, gosh. We can find this. At least a couple of years. He was elected in 2012. He's probably deleted 5 million posts by <laughs> <right> now. <laughs> Sarah, also a longtime user of Stack Overflow. I think you've got 5,000 rep, give or take, I want to say.
3: I think so, yeah. Yep.
0: Now, back to JoelBot. So let's talk history. So these, they started as a Kickstarter, right? I, I saw it on Kickstarter originally. What did you raise there? Is it 150000 in sales, something like that?
3: Yep. Yep, something like that. And I saw
0: today, this is the first kind of the V1.0, the official uh, gold master version. You don't say that in hardware, do you? Is going out. (laughs) And it's also, you said it's coming to retail. Is that right?
3: Yeah, we're on target.com starting today too, which... Please note that our Kickstarter backers will get their bots way before the target.
0: Unlike every other Kickstarter in history that winds up going (laughs) to a broader audience and sells into that audience first. Good on you. That is awesome, especially for me. What I think is super, so right out of the box, there's a little bit of kind of basic kind of modular programming, right? You can set settings for the match with people to create these little groups, and then they can really dig deep and kind of hack into them if you want to at a deeper level. Is that right?
3: Yeah, exactly. We wanted to make them fun. Right, because if you had to code them and they couldn't do anything unless you coded them, they'd like end up in the back of your drawer. So we wanted to make them fun without the coding part.
0: So one thing I just want to mention to you just as a, I don't know, to share is when you were here chatting with us and at the time, one of the things we touched, I touched on, touched what you were hacking at, working on a little bit, it was still, still kind of a secret, but we were talking about diversity in tech and things like that a bunch. And I wanted to mention to you, one of our developers who's here now, Roberta, one of our oh, yeah. most talented developers, we have these dip chats. I think we've talked about before. We have these kind of conversations. You have to
2: define that. Not everybody in the world calls it a dip chat.
0: No, I know. I'm about to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see, now you're doing it to me. I see what's going on here. But so, these dip chats are these kind of conversations. It's like there's a it's like guacamole, there's uh, salsa,
2: <laughs> different, different kinds of dip. Everybody shares
1: <laughs> their favorite dip, and,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we chat.
1: Anyway, we have so The tip chat doesn't even matter. The point is...
0: <laughs> yeah, The point is any, that
1: Roberta applied to the company because she heard the podcast where we talked to Sarah Chips and was like, oh, oh. maybe this is a place where I might want to work. And we yeah. applied soon after, and we hired her
0: because she's awesome. She is awesome. But that conversation that we had and you being here, it made her feel more like this might be a place she would be happy and welcome. And so I wanted to both say thank you and let you know that you, you. inspired somebody else and did a cool thing. And now we have a super talented programmer, so that works out great for us.
3: <laughs> That's great. You have to tell her, I follow her on Twitter now, so she inspires me every day.
0: Oh, awesome. Awesome. I'll tell her because I know she doesn't like our boring podcast. No, I'm just going <laughs> <have> to. Tell. <laughs> Probably going to listen eventually. As a former guest herself, But so when we were talking on the podcast, you were talking a little bit back then about how girls do or don't get kind of pulled into some of the things that get, you know, back then, I think at some point, boys were often pulled into more programmary things around video games, which at the time, I think were much less popular with girls, skewed much more male for various reasons. One thing I think is super cool about Jewelbots as now I hate saying it's someone with a daughter because I feel like it's where really we're from, but just in general to address issues of, of <laughs> As a man yeah, yeah. With, with a girl that I made. <laughs> no, but when you're out there looking for things in areas that haven't historically targeted girls or haven't had enough girls involved and they're trying a little bit, they're almost always trying in some way that like just makes it pink. Or, you know what I mean? Or, like, Nerf has a whole line of, like, guns that that are just pink Nerf guns, basically. Or, like, it's a bow and arrow, because maybe girls will like that better than a shotgun. And, like, what I feel like is this is a much more sort of native attempt to recognize that, you know, obviously everyone's got their own preferences, but you were going after what do young girls often interested in, and how do we make it part of that? And I think that's really cool.
3: Yeah, it wasn't really our idea, to be honest. I had another idea, my idea was to, have a bracelet that changed color to match your outfit
0: i'll buy Mm. that too
3: yeah right well that's what i thought it sounded cool so we went to schools like we made a prototype we went to schools and the girls were like this is so lame i would never use it (laughs) 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 all right well i thought it was cool they were just like we wouldn't use that that's boring so i was like you know what's not boring what do you do with your life like what would be fun (laughs) And like, they all agreed. And it's such a fun age. That's like my favorite part of my job is like going to hang out with 10 year olds because they're so like, (laughs) they just say whatever comes to their minds. And they just like do not care. And they're so like precocious. So as soon as we started saying the friendship stuff, they started freaking out. They'd be like, Oh my god, what are you serious? Oh my god, that's so cool. (laughs) So that's why we went
0: with it. I love this sort of kind of lean startup or forced discovery approach, which is you've got this great idea. And rather than start building, like, well, let's go just ask people if they would want that exact thing. And they're like, yeah, I couldn't care less. Like, that's terrible. Like, you, <laughs> you could have spent a year and a half building that yeah. to find out that all the 10-year-old girls think you're lame, which just takes yeah. me back to my, like, pre-junior <laughs> high school life, which makes me super sad. I yeah, don't it, it takes me happened. back to fog bugs. There were a lot of 10-year-olds telling how lame you were at Fogbugs. That's
3: mean.
0: <laughs> 10-year-old <laughs> girls can be so mean. Boys, too. It's brutal, man. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
3: That's great. I'm imagining these 10-year-old Fogbugs just... Yeah.
0: <laughs> not at all what I want. So if folks want Jewelbots today, by the way, Jewelbots endorsed not only by CNN Money, but also by Bill Nye. There's an awesome Bill Nye video on the website. That was super oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. That's a great get. Can people order from the website right now?
3: Yeah, and from
0: Target.com, too. Does he have his 20-pack? Yeah, that's a good question. Bill Nye no, didn't get his 20-pack yet, did he? No, he didn't. Okay. So today, hopefully still when our listeners hear this, they can order from the website or from Target.com. But I got to thank the Sarah and the company and all the, you've got this awesome intern. Like, you'll all get better margins if they order from your website, right?
3: Yes, but we want them to sell out at Target quickly.
0: Oh, you want to yeah. sell through on Target so they re-up. Where do you want people to order from? Target. Okay, you have I to read. order from Target. We're adding it to the Constitution <laughs> as a statute of some sort. <laughs> we're going to skip the voting on this one. You
4: know what? This is perfect. Hanukkah's coming up, and I have an eight-year-old niece. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Oh,
0: oh. Also, yes. side note, I have never, I've participated in a lot of Kickstarters. Any physical manufacturing is always delayed, but yours is the first one I've ever seen where it was not delayed fully through the entire holiday season you were yeah. aiming at. So <laughs> this is so lucky. its beautiful. It's <laughs> yeah. available in plenty it hasn't of it even, time. Has
2: it started the season yet? It's not even no, Thanksgiving. No, no, it is the season. Yeah. yeah.
1: Walking. To any department store now and it's all Christmas it's the decoration. Season. Yes, Christmas yes. now officially yeah, starts exactly. on Labor
2: Day yeah. in the
0: United States is my I understand. Yeah.
2: Or as they say on Twitter, the war on Christmas is starting earlier and earlier every
0: year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That'll probably get cut out of the idea.
2: Right?
1: <laughs> nah, I'm good with it. <laughs> so, Sarah, I have a question for you. So how much coding are you actually doing now at this point? Are you mostly just having to like run the company or do you still get to code some or what's that look like?
3: The crazy thing is, it's so funny, the last couple of weeks I've been coding because like it's all hands. And it is so fun. And I'm on Stack Overflow every day.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Is it mostly working while you're there? Is it, everything okay? It's always working. All right. It's like a low okay. Yeah. okay.
1: Cool. So what kind of coding are you doing now? So it's all embedded or are you doing the website or what kind of stuff are you working on?
3: Yeah, it's all embedded, which is wild. I haven't done C in a really long time. But I'm building the library that, and this is something that's going to be growing over the next couple of months. It gives people the ability to code their Joel bots in an easily readable way. Right, So they can do like JewelBot.LED on and then like pass in the variables, which are like the color that they want and which LED they want to be on and that kind of thing. So I'm working on LED animations right now. And then it's going to be like button.on or like on button click or something. We're inventing it as we go. Neat.
4: You know, I think, Sarah, you and I are the same age. And I think you might know it's really hard to make friends as an adult in the city. I I might want to get a pair for... (laughs) <laughs> because I don't know how That's to code, enough. so I'm starting from the beginning, you know? Yeah. It'd be a nice gift.
0: Rehearsal ship after mine, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to get mine at Target. They're, so they're very clear she's on the site Target. what number I want. Okay. <laughs> You're still working with Girl Develop It, yes?
3: Only on an advisory level. Girl Develop It actually, I heard the number you listed earlier, which is about a year old. Girl oh, development is now at 60,000 women. oh what? Wow. Whoa. Crazy. Isn't that so cool?
1: 60,000. Wait, what number did Jay say? Way smaller than that. Yeah, I think the number I had was six (laughs)
3: thousand. I know. It's grown so quickly.
0: Wait, are both those numbers right? It's
3: well on the road to 60,000 we definitely hit 6,000 at some point <laughs> <laughs>
0: that number Wasn't true? you are the kindest guest we've ever had I appreciate that took a lot of effort to make me sound not totally wrong that was fantastic 60,000 and girl develop it works with like adult women learn to code correct
3: yeah exactly the word girl is very deceptive in the title People it's like
0: girl. It's like the. It's like gal. It's not like <laughs> yeah, gal. Yeah. Gal development. There's a comma missing.
3: Yeah, there's yeah, definitely a blind <laughs> comma.
0: <laughs> Which is just fantastic. So what's without giving away any trade secret? What, what do you see as next for Jewelbots?
3: So I can tell you that we are partnering with a major cartoon. You could call that a television company. <laughs> <laughs> cartoon Television Company. Is it <laughs> the Jetsons? Bringing... <laughs> is it the Jetsons? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Zenith. No, wait. Yeah,
3: that's exactly yes, Zenith to bring you branded robots So the charms oh, cool. and bands are interchangeable. So we're doing all kinds of different characters and designs. We're also having our next design is a robot that got chosen by our backers. It's like you can have a robot charm that goes instead of the flower. And then we're gonna have some characters come up and some other fun stuff over the next year.
0: I voted for the robot. I'm super excited about all this. This yeah. is amazing. There was a popular vote. It was, you know, really cool. Now I think this is gonna be huge. I thought this was gonna be. <laughs> I thought this is gonna be cool, but now I think it's gonna be huge.
1: Once Jay heard about the charms and the robots, he's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm in."
0: Actually, I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Is now I'm sad. I bought a twenty pack. I'm gonna probably go buy yeah. one and have to pay the retail price. Because I want both my kids and I to have one. Right. And they're going to okay. fight if I've got two, I should have gotten three. <laughs> so you've obviously come from the kind of pure software world in the past and a lot of work there. I guess this is also probably your first kind of pure entrepreneurial, like outside of the you know, charity space. But what were sort of the biggest things you learned or surprises or, or that was different working in the hardware space?
3: Software is pretend is a bunch of ones and zeros that live inside a computer. Um, they're fairly malleable. And it turns out that physics are real.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You heard it in your first
3: readers. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty insane the stuff that you run into where like you're completely limited by, you know, the fact that when you have physical objects that need to travel from one place to another, they can't do that immediately. (laughs) And when things are sold out, it turns out you can't make them out of air. (laughs) <laughs> is there,
2: that is probably the least of your problems. I mean, as I've watched Kickstarters and Y Combinator startups and a lot of entrepreneurial ventures, the number of people that have been able to significantly bring out something that's a piece of hardware without, you know, an extra three year delay getting in there somehow, it is really quite an accomplishment. So kudos for that.
3: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, before we did it, I was like, this is an excellent idea and I still wouldn't trade it for the world. But building hardware is very difficult because it doesn't apply to the same laws. Things like Bluetooth should work you know like it's
0: not like nobody believes that oh, right. come on you know?
3: <laughs> so yeah it feels good to be shipping i can't wait to hear what people think
0: one thing that strikes me is when we work on software products i don't know you almost pride yourself on like yeah we did this wrong we really learned from it and we iterated yeah. and we kept that cycle short so we had learned quickly and i feel like when you watch these kickstarters like for the most part it's always like. Well, we kind of thought we'd be getting all of the pieces from China, and then we got none of the pieces, right. or they were all square and not round. So we're pretty much starting from scratch. Like, it just feels like a mistake is so costly. There was just sort
2: of, uh, there was this hilarious Y Combinator startup that was going to do a thing that woke you up when you were, It's like a wristband that you wore, and it would check how... Sleepyware Oh, the sleep cycle stuff. Sleep cycle yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the name of the company, but everybody was sort of, you know, people had put down deposits and they kept thinking that they were going to be shipping in a month and then two months and then six months and then a year. And just years went by and they're still slogging away at it. And they just had all kinds of like, the, everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And their USB adapters that they bought started on fire. <laughs> and it was just a complete... Complete catastrophe. And I don't think they ever shipped it then. And it took them forever to give up. to <laughs> They really tried very, very
0: hard. But it was tough. It is tough to do Jewel hard bots The The Jewelbots don't catch fire, right?
3: No. I was looking at the Sharper Image holiday catalog, and it's just a bunch of hoverboards. And it's like, the hoverboard is back. Yeah. And like, it didn't say, like, now with less exploding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Still illegal in all public spaces.
3: <laughs>
0: uh...
3: Yeah, no, Jewelbots do not catch fire.
0: You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> all right. So if you do want to order a bot, you can go to Target.com. If you go quickly, there's one batch before Christmas, and then the re-up will all be coming early next year. So get them now for gifts. Terri, what would you share with our listeners, whether they be young women, young people? What's one piece of advice, one last thought for folks who are excited about programming or hacking at wearables or anything else you've learned that you'd share?
3: Yeah, I... Work with beginners all the time. And the one thing I notice that happens, people that are super senior developers are just really stubborn, just the most stubborn people in the world that haven't given up. (laughs) You know, because like the thing about building software and like writing code is that you get stuck all of the time. Right. So like if the 90th time you get stuck, you quit you still quit. Like You just had to keep going after you get stuck and you'll figure it out and then it'll get easier and then you'll face harder problems and you'll keep going. But it's really rewarding when you get to the other side of it.
0: Well, we're all grateful you got past that 90th time and 91st if there was one. We'll be more grateful once our jewelbots actually arrive at our homes and can be worn by our children and family. (laughs) You definitely will. Congratulations. We're super excited for you. It is wonderful to have you back and we really appreciate you taking the time to share with us.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks for coming on and being such an inspiration to us and to me and to Stack Overflow to all the people at Stack Overflow and to the people of the world. So we love everything you do. Thanks, Let us know Sarah. we can help. Take care, Thank Sarah. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much.
2: Bye. Thanks. All right. Well, you have gone and wasted another hour of your life listening to Stack Overflow podcast number 95, recorded Thursday, November 17th, 2016, at Stack Overflow headquarters. This podcast has been brought to you by double entry bookkeeping according to wikipedia double entry bookkeeping recalls both the scales of justice and the symmetry of god's world our <laughs> audio engineer is carlos hernandez audio editor is david greenley producer is jess perdue executive producers caitlin pike or sarah chips jay hanlon david Fulton, and ilana it's i'm joel spolsky goodbye bye
3: bye bye everyone bye
0: An accountant wrote the Wikipedia entry for double-entry <laughs> bookkeeping because <laughs> no, no, no. I'm weird. not sure it's ever been painted quite so grandiosely anywhere ever. I had to say
2: according to Wikipedia because if I just said that nobody would believe it. I'm going to start a Kickstarter for Joel bots. <laughs> <laughs> What do they do, Joel? Tell us. It's just pretty much come on the podcast and do my job on this podcast. So I don't Can we, we talk
1: anything. about the time somebody yeah. tried to buy you a little bobblehead Joel doll? Uh, oh no, no, that was frightening.
0: Let's that was scary.
2: That. that was like idol worship, you know, golden calf situation. It had to be burned. Do you all still talk about cherry pie? No. Did I ever tell you? Okay, because like yeah. the tradition at Fog Creek used to be that on your birthday, instead of everybody singing "Happy Birthday," which gets really annoying when you have thirty people in the company, you get you to get request to the, dessert. the dessert of the day for the day that's your birthday. And so at some point, I think Liz just probably made a spreadsheet. And for me, I was like, all right, I like cherry pie. So I would always get cherry pie for my birthday. At some point when we opened the first office in Denver, there was catering and there were these cater waiters walking around, bringing everybody little things. And there was a whole dessert spread put out for the opening office party in Denver. And at some point, one of the cater waiters came up to me, like not a person that I knew and said, we got you cherry pie. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she came back later and she's like, here's some cherry pie. And I'm like, okay, I'm talking to the people now. I don't really need to write this moment. And the, sort of at the end, she came back sort of for a third time and said, I saved you some pieces of cherry pie. <laughs> and it was like obvious that somehow this message that Wait, I- Wait, I have a
0: question. Was the waitress actually Tom Lehman from Genius.com in a wig? <laughs> <laughs> Who had read somewhere that it's you like cherry pie?
3: It's possible. We are not cutting out Uber for dicks.